0: Mm-hmm. okay okay I the podcast for the smoke yeah. I don't fight just fight
1: so look yeah this is Southside Rabbi and I don't know if y'all understand the type of I'm not sure I don't know if they know what's on I gotta get up <laughs> <laughs> hold on a second
0: brother hey you got to take I a little walk <laughs> It's disrespectful, it's disrespectful not to understand I, I, what's about to happen. I don't know if the audience is ready
1: Amen. for the caliber of sisters that we have on the show yes, today. Yes, these women have minds so sharp that some of the greatest women that you've known throughout history would look up and say, who are these women?
2: <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? You know I'm talking I mean. about the Toni Morrison's, the the, the Ida B. Wells, the, <laughs> yes. the Bell Hooks, the great Fannie Lou Hamer herself will That's say, right. who are, who these, are women? these women? <laughs> Yes, indeed. And why wasn't I around to see (laughs) their ascent?
0: Amen, brother. You know, I'm
1: talking about women that are giving us systematic theology oh that's what i'm talking about Yo, that's talking, talking right i'm there. talking about systematic I'm talking theology about, oh yeah you you, you and if you know what Kevin, you know what i'm talking you about you know what i'm talking about I, and, and the women are they're, they're sagacious the, yeah absolutely say that, that brother that's that's, the, that's what we got to bring up and <laughs> if you step to their table you better step to their table correct yep every time right because yeah. if you're coming to their table there's gonna be a whole lot of weight at that table. You brother. feel what I'm saying, brother? A whole lot of weight yes, at that table. Yes, yes. I am talking about our sisters. I got we got two-thirds of our sisters from the Truth Table podcast here. And, 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 and listen, two-thirds might be too much. How <laughs> loud! I don't know if y'all could have handled the triumvirate. Because y'all are not ready. You're not ready. <laughs> Gird yourself. Gird your <laughs> loins.
0: Hey,
1: I'm talking about none <laughs> other. And our sisters, the midwives of the culture for grace and truth, our sisters from the Truth Table podcast. Welcome to the show. God bless y'all. God bless y'all.
0: You, you are honored to have you,
1: God. I'm talking about when y'all when y'all walk into heaven, there is going to be <laughs> crowns with with jewels in it from the from the mountains of Columbia Yes, indeed. I, and, and when we get when we, when we get when we, when we when we get to walk into that that Hall of Fame room, and we say, okay, there's some Enoch on the wall. There's a little there's, bit of Enoch there's, on there's there. Bit over there. There's a little Noah. Abraham. There's a little Abraham. Little Sarah there. And, and then, then y'all are yeah, going to be there. Right there. There we are going to Say, see, you I do it. I do it.
0: Yes, we are honored. I can, we, listen, all of this is necessary. It and is. woefully falling short it's, yes. to what needs to be said about these powerful, yes. formidable, strong, and we are blessed to have you as a amen. gift to our church. We're talking about the Church of Jesus Christ throughout history. <laughs> yes, amen. And to this podcast. <laughs> and let me tell you like this, International Women's Day... <laughs> It's not a day; it's wherever they go, (laughs) wherever they step. That is, you know what, you know what. (laughs) Give them their flowers now. All right, let's stop. We just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for who you are, Mm -hmm. how you have helped us so much throughout the years. We are proud supporters of Truths Table, and we are so excited to talk about the debut book on Southside Rabbi today. Y'all make some noise one time for our sisters. Yes, one time.
3: Oh, y'all have left me speechless. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Thank y'all for that. I mean, that was that was just so kind, Amen. so kind, Amen. The warmest, like,
0: Amen. We have had
2: some very warm introductions. Yes, indeed. This was y'all, my goodness.
0: Y'all deserve it. Wow. You deserve <laughs> that and more.
2: It was both warm and hilarious. Amen. And so I, you know. I mean, we we do a little we do a little dance, so, but no, 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 i all
0: took it to to, to <laughs> greater away, heights and greater far. revelations.
2: <laughs> 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 we need all that. We <laughs> need all
0: that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank, you. All that. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Thank you. No, I think it's powerful because, and I know we'll probably get into it in our discussion, but I think it's important for people to see you know, the camaraderie and the love between both Black men and Black women. Amen. I think that's, that's some of what's going on um, right now, I think, within our generation. Yeah. And you see that on social media, a lot of contention on social media, which which may not necessarily be what's happening on the ground, right. but there is something going on. Absolutely. Right, 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 right. You know, so, I, so I think, so what you all well did said. just now actually is not a small thing.
0: Mm. Um,
3: and I think that even in that intro, I think there may be some some healing available.
0: Mm, you know uh, from
3: one to another
0: yes yes absolutely god bless you god bless you. we wanted to start by um giving each of you uh, a chance to speak a little bit to your passions that i'm sure went into the forming of this book dr emerson if we could start with you would love to hear what what are the things that god has burdened you you with for 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 our people uh for this cultural moment that'd be great to hear from you
2: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, thank you for the invitation and the introduction and, and just the space and uh, the good question. You know, what, a, what 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 do I feel like is a unique burden for me, both burden and, and privilege, mm-hmm. um, because uh, God's assignment uh, comes with God's presence. Come on. And it, it is a privilege Come <laughs> to, on. to Amen. be experiencing the presence of the Lord, even in the midst of the valley. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um. So, so my background is in um, sociology, social sciences, family systems. Have a PhD in counseling psych, and so um, awesome. I, I wanted to write about um, health, like emotional health, mm. relational health. Mm. Um, so the, the chapters that I that I kind of. That I bring to bear that I contribute to this book are about topics like forgiveness. Come on out, yes. Um, and and I think also the unique credibility that Black women have when they talk about that topic, yeah, uh, as as people who experience systemic sin, right, mm. um, because of misogynoir. and um, so so that was one piece there, but um, kind of what forgiveness is and what it isn't and its connection to justice oh, and wow. the freedom that it offers us. Um, And I wrote about what it means to be, you know, a grown black woman being uh married to a black man for Uh over 20 years. Amen. um, Amen. And yes, yeah, so I wanted to write about that, but not necessarily with my family therapy or family and marriage therapy background, but just to write about it, this is my my experience. Oh, I love and it. It's something I do get asked about. So I thought, well, let me let me muse on that. Oh let yes. Let me muse about it. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that's good. And yeah, and, so, and then I talked about what it means to be re- reborn, to be born again for the purpose of resistance, mm. which I think is a part of what we are reborn into, resisting our own sin and resisting systemic sins. Come We're on. Um, and uh, yeah, and so, the, those are some of the topics. And then the last one, I think, is which is really near and dear to my heart because of the work that I do around faithful anti racism and uh, hoping to develop healthy and accountable leaders, is around disciplining the church mm-hmm. about what dis- to develop a, a holy imagination around uh, church discipline and to equip people. If they, you know, there are many people who have left, but if they are going to return and Oh Lord, I pray that they do return, yeah. um, that they return equipped with some questions and a reminder, um, that they are there to, to, to bring forward their gifts, but also to hold the community accountable. And here's some uh-huh. ways to do it. So that, that those were my interests kind of moves, um, you know, put together in a pot yeah. mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. those are the, those are the chapters and topics uh-huh. that, I was a, I contributed
0: yes, <laughs> to amen. the project. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's So good. That's so good. Sister, give me.
3: You know, I have a a burden and um, you know, a passion uh for the the uplift of uh black people um amen. and for the glory of God mm-hmm. um as an evangelistic um mission. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, and that would be all black people, that's not just here in the US, but that's um, around the globe so there's yeah. a pan-african thrust to that and yeah. so um so to me it was important to talk about the issues and the the, the things that i've been wrestling with as a black woman period mm-hmm. but i know that we also wrestle with as a people yeah. and so it was important for me um and then obviously well black women as a whole and then as a people too right yeah mm-hmm. um because it's like a narrow focus and it goes up and it goes a little bit wider you know right if, if right you will. right um you know, so there's there's a cu- couple of different audiences um, that I'm aiming, you know, um, to hit um, mm-hmm, yeah. even just on um, black women, because I know that our connection, mm-hmm. you know, um, to mm-hmm. black men is symbiotic. So mm-hmm. there's there mm-hmm. is something in there, I think, for all of us to glean. So that's yeah. why it was important for me as a dark skinned black woman to write about colorism,
0: mm-hmm. the ways
3: that it impacts my life and how it's impacted
0: Powerful chapter. Um, yeah,
3: my life. Yeah, thank you. And, yes, and still absolutely. does. You know? Right, right. You know, still does. Um, I, that, that was important for me to talk about. Uh, it was important for me to talk about diaspora dreams. So I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, but to be able to foretell and vision cast about what's to come mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. us in glory as a people, mm. what redemption and restoration looks like for us practically. Mm. We can just say those words, but sometimes if we just say those words, they just become buzzwords. Mm, They're right. real words. Sure. a lot of theological import. But unless you make it plain for people doesn't really mean anything, yeah. especially when you're on this side suffering, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, that, that to me was really important to really vision cast about the glorious Pan-African reunion that awaits us as a people. Um, and then what it means, Blackness as the image of God. Mm-hmm. How do we think about our Blackness? And yeah. How is our Blackness in the image of God? That was important to, to, for me to, to lift up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also talking about decolonized discipleship. So recovering the faith from the ways that it has been corrupted and corroded by interlopers mm-hmm. um, and people that will co-opt the faith for their own um, right-wing mm-hmm. white supremacist agenda. So that mm-hmm. was important. That That is a chapter that probably goes beyond the table mm-hmm. to a standard <laughs> question. And more than anything that I've written, that one does. Uh, and then I would also, I say, Hidden in Plain Sight, A Single Black Woman's Manifesto, I had to write about that.
0: There's ooh, no way. Amen. Oh, I can't wait to us to talk uh, yeah, about yeah, that yeah. too. That's good. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. all in. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm
1: grateful for such a work. Um, I just can't wait till the people get their hands. Y'all on Y'all just don't know. Um, <laughs> y'all don't know. Um, but even in um, even with you and Kimani talking about colorism, it's it's thinking about um, our blackness. You know, I can't help but to think of some of the things that we have fought against. Um, and in doing so, have proclaimed our own dignity. You know, our own value and our own worth within. An, an American society that's tried to snuff it out, sure, um, and, sure. and 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 a white supremacy in American society that has tried to Hello. Um, snuff it out. And white supremacy is very real, and yeah. because of that, we see that colorism is very real within our own community. Yep. Now, from though for those of you who are listening who don't know what colorism is, and you should because we've talked about it.
0: Yes, I got a song about it on <laughs> yeah. right? my last
1: album. Right, yep. um, we we've talked about it, um, but to define it for those who are listening, um, I, w- I want to define it the way that Alice Walker actually defined it in her in her essay. Um, she she has an essay that's in her 1983 book in uh, in a search of our mother's gardens. And she she defines colorism as uh, prejudicial or preferential treatment of same-race people based solely on their color. Um, and so we see I think in society and culture that colorism really is the progeny of white supremacy Mm. right Um, and and because of that depending on where you fall on the color spectrum can determine the way in which you are treated and within our society we have seen that it is a fact that even within the black community darker skinned black folks are treated with much more disdain they are castigated much more they face much more disparity when yeah. it comes to economics education the legal justice system yep. and jurisprudence all of that yep. housing romantic relationships and don't even get us started on hollywood and pop culture sure um so Kimani, you speak about this in the book and could you just talk a little bit more about colorism and um and how it has in you know impacted especially in our context yeah so good
3: yeah so everything you just listened is there in that mm-hmm. chapter actually i was like mm-hmm. yeah, i was like yeah I did that.
0: Yeah, I talked okay. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go right there and check no, no, no. yep, this That's in there. Got that. <laughs> so,
3: right. But yeah, I mean, uh, goodness. I mean, you, you really did say it all. I mean, I think it was important to talk about it because, you know, uh, I think I even say in the book, you know, and what what is colorism but white supremacy persevering?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. yes.
3: It's white supremacy persevering and it's persevering globally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes, important so yes. also say, it ain't just here.
1: Right. This that's right. It's
3: global. Yes. Right. Right. Um, and these are the numbers. These are the stats. You right. know, Um looking a little. Bit more blatant there. There's more shame attached to it here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, whereas it's much more openly practiced skin yeah. bleaching is, anything you know, outside of the U.S., it happens here, but it ha- happens in the, in the cover of darkness. You know what I mean? That, are, that. yes, you know, the, they're, they're hiding in the closet with it. Right. You know what I mean? But almost a, a couple of years later, you know, you know, some some pop stars are like, "You're a little lighter than you were a couple of years ago."
1: Right. Like, you know, and- what was that? <laughs> <laughs> right. What, what happened, happened there? there? Yeah,
3: that, seriously, if you think about it, you go, huh, this person's really gotten a lot lighter. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've always been like, how did that happen or why did that happen? In some ways, it's easy, I think, sometimes, especially in the age of, you know, um, Black Girl Magic and Melanin popping mm-hmm. and flexing in My Complexion. Thank God for those moments. Sure, that that did not exist in the 90s. Yeah, right, right. when right. I was growing up.
0: That, <laughs> did <laughs> not grow, that ex- didn't exist at all. Yeah. yeah. That,
3: that did not exist, yeah. you know. Um, but. But 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 I think even with that still, it's still very pervasive.
0: Mm. You know, which is, is
3: why I had to lift up the things that are happening in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. But current examples. Uh, there were even more examples I could have put in that just currently just happened oh. um, this, this year, last yeah. year. There, it, it just continues to abound. Um, and so, but obviously, you know, we, the book would keep going on and on. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> wow, right, wow. right. So to me, I had to talk about colorism because I know in a very real way, that internalized white supremacy and internalized racism has impacted me physically, emotionally, and I would say spiritually. Mm. And so I know how um, the dangerous wages of that, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and it is dangerous. Again, you yeah, know, true, um, I was really putting myself in serious harm's way, mm. um, and um, that could have had some very detrimental. Um, impacts on my health Say that. and right. on my life. Sure, right. sure. If I continue to allow uh, the manifestation of white supremacy to impact the way that I see myself and the way that I treated
0: right. uh, my right.
3: physical body.
0: Yeah. Right. And so
3: if I do not stop, I don't know. I don't know where I would be.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Say that. Know. Say that might've been five or six years ago. I was comfortable sharing an experience that I had when I was in kindergarten concerning colorism, because for most of my life, at least post kindergarten, I was I was so ashamed that I had said this that I didn't want anybody to know that it had happened. Mm-hmm. But I started to talk mm-hmm. about it and end up writing writing a song about it here recently. But I was in kindergarten where I noticed that all of my action figures were white. <laughs> I noticed that every single star, every hero, uh, every important leader that I was put in front of me was white. I also noticed that my teachers were clearly favoring the white students and not the black ones. In fact, the black students, it was a few of us, we were at a table and we stayed at that table and I remember that we were always given bad marks. I remember not ever being able to get it right and then we were constantly being kicked out of the class and given tutors and we would only be allowed to be tutored by older black students. (laughs) And I started to put everything together And I came to this realization that it was not to my benefit to be black. And I came home from school and I asked my mom, I said, mom, how can we change my skin to white? Mm. Six years old, seven years old. And a part of my conversion is what God did in my heart with my feelings towards uh, folks of European descent in general. But I went very much to an opposite place once I felt that, oh my God, I literally have gotten to the place where I hate what I'm looking at in the mirror. Man. I don't value it. I don't I don't see it as something that was a gift to me. I see it as an impediment and this impediment, I need to figure out a way to get rid of. And then mm. as I got older, I mean, I, I, I became more critical of this, uh, of, of friends and, and things of that nature because to be honest, black women in... Southside St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. when we would talk about the kind of women that we wanted to be with, what even when you begin to describe uh, what it is that you find virtuous in a woman. I have been a part of conversations where I have watched men describe the black woman as all the caricatures that is, that are preceding the culture. I just don't want no, you know, she's angry and yelling, all talking over me and always got an attitude and stuff like that. And in what you are describing, essentially, Kodak Black, <laughs> <laughs> Kodak Black really put this into he, he showed his hand yes. when he said yes. I don't want to be with somebody that looks like me yeah, and what you does, mean yeah. is I don't like me Korea. you realize yeah. that your attack on them is also reflection, is a reflection on what you think about your own blackness mm-hmm. and we in a lot of ways fed into this uh, before we came to Jesus we fed into this kind of this devaluing this sort of seeing as I said in the song uh, the the especially a darker black woman will be good for a night but never for a home uh it would be, be something that we would not want to to have as the the image in our mind for who it is and which we would want to spend the rest of our lives with but then we became Christians And then we became believers and we found out that that did not change because it was not talked about. So we found ourselves Mm -hmm. early. I remember Pastor Daryl having a conversation with us. I'll never forget this day. And we was talking to a group of men uh, because there was a massive amount of single African-American sisters, darker skinned, that were at our church, that were godly and very, very available. Yeah. Okay. Amazing women. Amazing women. And one by one, we watch men of God say, black men of God, continue to say that these are not the kind of women that they want to be with. And when Pastor (laughs) Darrell began to press into what was the why, it was colorism and colorism only. (laughs) Deep. I mean, deep. Right. Right. So I'm I'm impacted by what you have shared, sis, because... The thing that I've also found is that you don't have to stay steeped in this. Mm -hmm. That it is, it's possible to repent of this and become someone else because we've also seen that as well in our community. (laughs) We've seen folk recognize that part of the reason why black men of high status feel like they have to be with a light woman or a white woman is because there's something going on inside of them that is complicit with a system that is perpetually keeping alive the roots of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And I think that as I've seen that attacked, as I've seen that called out, as I've seen that framed as a gospel issue... I've seen repentance and I've seen restoration and I've seen many of my sisters coming to happy marriages over the last 15 years. But it needs to be called out. It needs to be talked about. And I'm grateful that you are doing just that.
1: Absolutely.
3: And I'm so glad that you lifted up your own narrative, your own story. Um, because I don't think we hear enough about how colorism maps onto black men. Yeah. Yes. Um, obviously, I know how it does. I, it's just that like, you know the book is written for black women, yeah. and so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't talk. And I don't know that it's my place really to, um, you know, to write about how it maps on. that. I think a black man has to do that. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know what right. I mean? Right. Um, because it's your own social location. It's your own experience. Um, but I'm glad that you said that. Yes. As, as traumatizing as trick and triggering as that. Story
0: was,
3: you have to talk about it. Because you're right. And and I do talk about this a little bit in the book, but even just the ways that Black women are being objectified. Whether they're light skin or dark skin. Right, right, right. right. So they're being objectified um, and being um, reduced. Wow. You know, to either stereotypes, you know, whether they be sexual stereotypes, you know, or t- attitudinal yes. um, yeah. uh, stereotypes right. um, and preconceived notions, which is why I think this topic was really important, particularly um, to talk about in the church. Right. Uh, because this phenomenon is happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad to hear that there's redemption happening there, but it is happening. Absolutely. It's active. It's happening right now. Yeah, you know, and I lift that up, and I even t- I talk about you know those things. I didn't I didn't go too too deep into like preferences, but I did challenge preferences, right? Which are socialized, right? You right. Know right. What I mean? Somebody
0: got to say that. You got to say that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Right.
3: Preferences are they're socialized. What do You think you, you think you're just some little objective little person walking around? People right. <laughs>
0: swear it's genetic. They they swear that I I am what I am. No. As like I, I this is just what God wrote in. God like didn't a, wire that. Pre- Prejudice in you? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So
3: I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. I'm really glad mm-hmm. you said that and shared that. I think that will is going to help. And I thank God that your your pastor was able to rightly identify that this is colorism. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, this, I hope this book will help the church and Absolutely. be a, a guide and a resource for people to go, okay, help them. to right. Begin to identify and see and help. And not to mention, men are also incentivized. By the way, mm-hmm. particularly in church spaces, especially if they're outside of the black church mm. and in either white or multi ethnic tr- spaces, they are incentivized mm. to either marry white women or try to uh, get with a light skinned woman yeah. simply because they believe that they will get benefits accrued to them. And they do Status. see those yeah. rewards come, come to them, right? High because right. black women can never fit into the model of what it is that white femininity would read biblical womanhood right wow. which i was i talked a lot of discipleship so yeah yes yeah. yeah i love so that good.
1: i love that in there that you talk about how in your 15 plus years of being saved you don't really hear sermons about colorism which is absolutely <laughs> true and I love how you said that it's not enough just to be anti racist, but we have to be anti colorist as well. Because you can be anti racist and not be anti-colorist, which which then means that you're right, you're really not anti racist. You can still be <laughs> perpetuating white supremacy um in the way in which you are, you know, uh kind of uh supporting this kind of coloristic racist standard, um, which is which is again, like you said, white supremacy preserving, right? And then you we could you can still want to get a piece of the social capital that you gain from from such a thing um yes and
3: that's that's why it was important to also because it's easy for people to read the chapter and go "This don't apply to me i'm not black you know right i'm not like no 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 i talk about the ways that non-black people perpetuate colorism as well Mm -hmm. and it's a phenomenon that happens in other non-black Asians wrestle with colorism. Yep. Indian people wrestle with it. Yep. You know, Latinx community wrestles with it. So it's not just like you know. So there's again, there's something in there for everybody. That's
0: really really good. I would love for us to take a chance to even begin to to transition into uh, colonized discipleship. One of the things that this book has struck me on, uh, there's a lot of phrases that give me uh, language to help me understand things that I've been feeling, but don't really know how to articulate. Um, hmm. you, y'all, y'all talk about this phrase, uh, colonized discipleship. Either of you, if, if, if you could just help us to understand what is meant by that and speaking to the ways in which that is detrimental to our discipleship. Amen.
3: Yeah, so yeah, and decolonized discipleship. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote a, a blog that inspired this chapter, you know, yeah. same title a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Double, laughs> couple years ago. Um, I would say before the big, um, this movement toward uh deconstruction or yeah. even decolonization, so some people use it um, uh, synonymously. I don't, I actually see them as two different projects, mm-hmm. got gotcha. um, but uh, I, I thought it was important i was just observing um some things at that time at, at the spaces I, I would have just been um, post-seminary only two years it was mm-hmm. a predominantly white seminary mm-hmm. very racist um environment very racist mm-hmm. wow uh, and so I was just observing just the ways that um, colonized discipleship was working out and been, and being packaged as if it's the gospel Ooh, <laughs> but mm, it's really counterfeit. Yes. And so there, so in colonized discipleship, I'm talking about uh, the ways that legalistic um, traditions, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, are added to the gospel um, and being made to seem as if, you know, this is also part of the core of the gospel, right? Right. So for me, it was really, really important uh, for me to be like, wait a minute, that ain't the gospel? Yeah. Sure. Is <laughs> like, sure, sure. Jesus? You know, and so, I, I, so it was being able to provide a framework for people to be able to see, like, what were the sinful additives? Mm-hmm. Obviously, racism would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sexism, misogyny, uh, just these legalistic standards that right. are being heaped up, or, or um, you must stay at home,
0: yeah, you know, right. because you're a
3: woman, right? right? Or uh, you can name it. You, you, I'm sure you have a little catalog in your head sure. of things that have been added, you know, to be a true Christian, to sure, be a faithful. Sure. Christian, you know, that that's gospel-centered. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. You, know, you, know like <laughs> you
2: need
3: to do this or be these things. So, so to me, it was important to be able to provide a framework for people to be able to, to really discern, like, what's the core of the faith? What are the fundamentals of the faith? What are the sinful attitudes? Yeah. And so to me, it was really important to make those examples clear. In white progressive spaces, white conservative spaces, in black church spaces, yeah, yeah I think those were all the spaces I think that mm-hmm. I there might be more. I, I, those are the ones that are coming to mind mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, let me see how how some of this colonized discipleship shows up right. in these different spaces. Cause sometimes it, it has a different flavor in different in spaces. So in the right. in the black church, it ain't racism, right. per se. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. <laughs> but there might be a little hint of sexism, mm. there might be a little hint of misogyny. Mm. And yes. the, you know, yes. and so how do we identify that, you know, and then how, how do we begin to remove it from um, our discipleship ethos um, in the church? Wow. And so that wow. We, so we can see the beauty of the gospel and so that we're not a stumbling block to people
0: right, that right, would right.
3: come from the gospel if it wasn't for our own sinful additives and sinful behavior toward others.
0: Right. But well, that's good. I think for a lot of people, uh, this these last couple of years have been a faith refining project in their lives that they are in a lot of ways, I'm thinking about Revelation chapter two, having to return back to their first love. We met the Lord Jesus. I didn't have lots of secondary things that I could just include into the essentiality. I didn't know them. I hadn't read the books, <laughs> hadn't went to the schools. I hadn't, I hadn't gotten involved in the culture. There is yeah. indeed a need for us to get down to what does it mean to be in Christ? And let's say that with a full stop. Before we start talking about everything else, and I appreciate the the ways in which you're helping us to think through that. Um, Doctor, you wrote on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really eager to hear you talk about that because this is a human history issue. It isn't just our social location, but what it means for us to forgive in a way That doesn't do a couple things one that it does not overlook abusers and allow them to abuse i remember being in school being back in bible college reading about an interview Mm -hmm. of this this man who was on death row for praying on children and he talked about how much time he would spend at churches as the target of his work because they were the most forgiving and i remember thinking like well somebody don't know what forgiveness is. So we need some help in that respect. Then there's also another ditch where we feel as though forgiveness is something that is not necessary for what God is calling his people to, where I can live, I can basically just shut off people in in which I have to deal with offenses with, and I don't have to deal or do the, the hard work of forgiveness and reconciliation. So with all these sort of ditches, and I'm sure there are many more, can you just help us to think through that um, and, and also bring us the heart of that particular chapter?
2: Yeah, thank you. No, you know what, uh, it was interesting writing that chapter because we knew that <laughs> to talk about forgiveness, um, there are so many people who will immediately use that as a kind of their get out of consequences card.
0: Right, right. Uh.
2: <laughs> right and so and we can use the um the idea of forgiveness as a way in a very manipulative way mm. in an incredibly manipulative way you know i can think about you know my work is a uh, in marriage and family therapy working especially with christian couples were often the hardest couples to work with wow. um especially when they were very very informed they're, they're, the way they understood their marriage was very much informed by patriarchal control mm. and um, I would work with women uh, whose husbands uh, who may not have known the Bible better than them, but certainly would take you know with proof texts mm. about how they were supposed to be forgiven.
0: Mm. Wow uh,
2: without repentance.
0: Oh, come on now, uh, so there
2: wasn't, a, there wasn't a real strong handle on what is re- repentance, right? So I think part of, that's part of the issue is I think we have to sit with the, the doctrine of repentance and I think that will give us a greater appreciation. For this idea of forgiveness, so I mean, I, I talk about how correcting debts, uh, correcting moral debts, how that, how exhausting that is. Mm. Um, if you've ever had the experience, I don't know if you've ever had a job where you were a bill collector <laughs> and you're calling people constantly to pay debts that they know they owe. They know right. they owe that debt. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But they're hanging up the phone on you. They're blaming you for the call. You know all the all the things, right? Yeah. And the level of energy that it takes to do that. And with that being said, it doesn't mean that we pretend that people have not wronged us if they've wronged us, yeah. but the the moral payment huh. uh, is something that God can get out of people. Mm-hmm. And right. so I talk about how it's better to have those who have hurt us in the hands of God mm. than in our mind. Mm. <laughs> that There's so much that we are robbed of, um, as we're waiting for our healing to be tied to the enlightenment of the person who has hurt us. Wow.
3: That's good. Um,
2: then we could be waiting for all eternity. Right, <laughs> right. Right. So really presenting that obviously at the cornerstone of the gospel is, is grace, not just to forgive, but to have a forgiving way as yes. a part of who
0: we are Yes.
2: as new people in Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is being that we uh, minimize injustice. As a matter of fact, We tell the truth about it.
0: Yes, that's right. (laughs)
2: You can't forgive something unless you really take account of what you're actually forgiving. Come on now. You'd have to really count the cost and really name the thing and really talk about um, the the, the brokenness and the hurt and the harm for you to even take stock of the ability to be able to forgive. And again, forgiveness is not the same thing as saying um, this did not happen and there are not consequences that need repair. We're talking about uh, allowing God, releasing to God The moral payments That are owed wow. And ultimately, I can discern the heart anyway Yeah, yeah, yeah um, And so and so, so, I was writing that as a way to say How do we get free? So I think that, that chapter, I believe, starts off with me talking about You know, Erica Badu, bag lady mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to carry all those bags? You know, all those bags are going to hurt your back yeah, In right. a lot of ways, those bags are receipts Legitimate receipts of people who have harmed us Yeah, But those bags heavy and there's some places that we need to run to that we need to fly to that we need to dance to Mm. and those bags in our way Mm. um and so i thought about forgiveness as a means of liberation Mm, mm. not denial
1: Ah, i love that i think it's it's so good it it is it's really good because i also think that for the marginalized and specifically for black women um, and you talk about how forgiveness could be complex, right? You point out that everyone seems to have an opinion on how black women should forgive. That's one of the things that, and, and, and I've seen that. Um, and then we we see, uh, of, of course, black women constantly being stereotyped, you know, the angry black woman. Um, I've seen it hurled at you sisters in the most disgusting of ways, right? <laughs> um, and you talk about how forgiveness can be one of the most, uh, complicated elements of applied Christianity, Woo! right? Because we think about, um, we how we should apply it but sometimes we have trouble determining for ourselves what forgiveness looks like like so for like i can ask myself man like you like we just talked about does forgiveness mean i forget or does forgiveness mean that i trust again does forgiveness now that i've forgiven you does that mean that i now just give all of my trust back to you right Mm. or i think about like as i think about forgiveness it's like maybe i have forgiven but what do i do with the trauma Right. I've forgiven, but has my body forgiven? Mm. I've forgiven, but has my mind forgiven? Wow. When 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 things come back up and there's a triggering and, and now I'm reliving it again. What does forgiveness mean in that in that kind of reality? What does forgiveness look like? Good. Right. Um, <laughs> And I think that you tell us to ask ourselves some great questions. What is forgiveness for whom and what and under what conditions are we to forgive and be forgiven by and then how do we forgive so good so i think that uh, my follow-up question i think because forgiveness could be so complex with us is how do we know that we've forgiven you know how do we know that we have actually gotten to the place where i was like i have forgiven yes
2: i think it's the same method in which we learn a lot of things about ourselves via sanctification Mm. it is as go through different journeys and valleys, we develop, or we notice that God has granted to us a different response. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I think all of us have that testimony of, you know, five years ago, this is not how I would have handled this situation. Uh, right, huh? right. <laughs> and so in many ways, it will require for us to journey into other difficult spaces Yeesh. to see the work that God has done in us. Mm-hmm. Message. Now that I know that sounds painful and scary, but that I think that's a part of the journey of sanctification. Yes. Suffering is in that journey of yes. sanctification, right? But God will grant us an opportunity to see the growth that God has given to us. Mm. Amen. And to that, we can give God the glory mm, for the right. ways in which we change, mm. and the ways that also we may be reminded that we need to again get back on our knees and pray. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. That we feel like, oh, I thought I was over that, but it, but it comes back like an old athletic injury, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and instead of us going to a place of shame, we go back to the Lord boldly because of what Christ has done, and say, oh, this is still hurting. I need another touch from the healer from on high. Yeah, and yeah. so in the same way, the Lord healed the blind man. Who the the, the first touch, you know, he he could see, but things look like trees. We're going to continue to need the hand of the Lord touching our blinded eyes, touching our wounds until we are glorified. Come this man. is just what it is. And again, that's why uh, we don't think about forgiveness as kind of a one and done. And God's divine power and love, God can do that. Mm. But we are in a sanctifying journey. We are we have a progressive sanctification. And when we are glorified, all and everything will be made new. But we are still very much in process. And here's the reason why that even has beauty in it because it grants to us deep humility mm. and the ability to look at other people and remember that we are no better than them yeah it, you know if everything was all brand new sparkly and clean we would forget we right. would forget the the mud and the muck of the of the pig pen we Come would on. forget very quickly uh we would start getting very high-minded yeah uh, mm-hmm. but because we still have these aches and these pains and we still have these triggers we're like oh I, I am no better than my brother and sister that I'm deeply interconnected to. Right. And so let me be in humility uh, in the way that I see and serve other people.
1: Oh, that's Amen. good. Dr. Edmondson, thank you for that. I'm thinking about, uh as you said earlier the ways in which forgiveness can be weaponized when we start bringing in the aspect of well god when god forgives you right doesn't doesn't he just he tosses your sins as far as the east is from the west he he's throwing your sins away to remember them no more so why are you like you you still remember sir so you're not being like
2: christ what was the condition Mm -hmm. what was the condition that created that scenario right right so Um, It is not as if there has not been a heavy debt that was not paid for sin.
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) Heavy debt. So so that Christ said in the garden, uh, Lord, would you let this cup pass? And and yet he up and drunk it down to the very, very last drop. And so we have someone who who paid the debt on our behalf. So when we talk about forgiveness of sin um, and we try to... um, I would say, manipulate people, uh-huh. uh, yes. say that this should be easy for you. Right. Uh, we have to be reminded about the heavy, heavy cost of forgiveness. <laughs> heavy, right. God, 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 forgiveness ain't cheap. God freely forgives us because Jesus paid it all. God freely forgives. Us because Jesus paid it off and so God's character is one of justice and yes. holiness yes so God is not a judge who's like oh a bad thing happened let's just ignore it no one of the reasons why we love God is because when bad stuff happens to us God does not ignore it mm-hmm. God is just judge of the world now one of the reasons why we we stand in awe and in humility because we know we got bad stuff too right <laughs> right and then we quickly look to the cross at what Christ has done on our behalf. Oh, and then we find peace, our hope, and our joy. Um, and but but I would I would remind people of that. That Jesus paid the price so that it is now just for God to give us forgiveness because the debt was paid by Jesus. Oh
1: wow. Amen. the debt, the debt was paid, it was a high debt and it wasn't easy. Yeah. So forgiveness is not it should not be easy for any one of us. That's, that's powerful. That's it so cost good. Jesus is life.
3: It cost Jesus' right. his life. You know.
1: It's funny that yeah that we can manip- that we can use it as manipulation when it, it really does downplay what forgiveness actually cost our Lord yeah. to start making to to start kind of putting it on the card as if though it is something that you can just easily give out and attain because what you're saying is that Jesus just easily. Gave himself up. That's right, and that the crucifixion was just some kind of easy, right? And, and we could just look at it as some kind of dalliance, and and it's not. And I, I love this when we cheapen forgiveness, we cheapen the crucifixion. And I wow. love I love that that yeah. that's brought forth. Um, Achimene, I wanted to go back a little bit to the decolonized discipleship piece, um, because I was thinking about my own experience. Right, I think that we see um that there has been black Christians who have been exiting white evangelical spaces and you you know in mass right and 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 i think uh rightfully so right (laughs) and i think that um what we have seen is that there has been as you've already stated that there's been like this package deal Christianity that has been given to us. And we start to recognize that, that this Christianity that has been given to us is a Christianity that is full of like Christian nationalism, uh, Christian imperialism, uh, misogyny, or sexism, racism, um, you know, white supremacy. And as we have started seeing these things, we started saying, hold on, this Christianity that we have doesn't seem like this is the Christianity of the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. I think about like Frederick Douglass making the difference between the, you know, the pure and peaceable Christianity and then the Christianity of the land. land. And we've seen how that this kind of Christianity that is infused with white supremacy has harmed us as black folks. And it's also harmed non-black folks as well, right? Um, And I think about the detangling of our faith of our Christianity from white supremacy, um, could you help us to understand how we could start decolonizing our faith to where we can get a, a true Christianity of Christ instead of a Christianity of the land? Yeah.
3: Um, well, I think um I think it's a good question. And you're right, people have been exiting um those spaces. And honestly, honestly, if it was if it was just that black Christians were leaving those white evangelical spaces, I don't think there would be a need for that chapter. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that. Right. They're actually leaving, not all of them. Some of them are actually leaving the faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. Amen. The problem. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, there's, Amen. Amen. There's, there's a there's a whole lot of different out here in America, there's a whole lot of different church spaces. Right. a whole lot of different <laughs> the very true,
1: very true. Indeed. It's a whole lot of different options. Yep. Folks are decolonizing you know, themselves out of Christianity all the way.
3: <laughs> that's the problem. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So that I say that in the book, like you're decolonizing your faith to the point that you're decolonizing your way out of the faith. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, please do not by all means decolonize, but do not throw Jesus.
0: Come on now. Out. Amen. You Hold on know? to him. Yeah. please right. don't
3: let white supremacy take jesus from you Message. this is he's your life source mm-hmm. ah. he is your your very great reward amen he is your son and shield mm-hmm.
1: what are you doing mm-hmm. you amen you know what
3: i mean amen. like oh no baby don't do that, don't do that.
1: <laughs> 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 baby what is you
3: doing oh, baby, this,
2: what is you doing
3: what is you doing yeah hold on right like you don't know be I mean? like hold on i have been grieved mm-hmm. of course but also fascinated by the ways that people are moving or exiting, right? right. Um, because it's not just that um, they're leaving these spaces. They, they Some of them are really leaving the faith altogether. Right. And I have to understand, like, wait a minute, but were there any pit stops along the way? Right. You know I mean? it, it's very clear that there's racial trauma in play, but I'm like, did you read any black women?
1: Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Did, mm-hmm.
3: You listen mm. to any black women. Mm, mm. Or was your sexism and misogyny set up in such a way Oof. that you got this from white evangelicals and you can't listen to no black women? Because oh, you know because mm. you believe in complementarianism, you just don't believe that, wow. that women can really teach you. Listen. Say that. You know Say saying? that. So, <laughs> so did you just go from uh-huh. the white evangelical greats, the hall of fame? You you know them in right, your head, right. yeah, and then just go to exit the faith? Yeah. Did you take a pit stop anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you listen to a podcast? Right. Yeah. Did you read a book? Did you read a, a blog post? Did you read an op ed? I mean, be- I'm just saying, right. from somebody that's further down in the margins than you. Yes. How are they able to hold on
2: to? Did you ask for your praying auntie or grandma
0: rebuke us? <laughs> hey, sister. I mean, what's really and, and, going on? And listen, I'm a reform complementarian, so I received that rebuke uh, to my heart. Thank you, and I and I submit to it. Keep going. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: Amen. Amen. No, because really, it's like we really, the body is harmed when we are not learning and hearing and seeing one another. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We have tools to give one another. We have gifts to give one another. We have admonishments and rebukes to give one another. We have peace to give and offer one another. We have empathy and compassion to share with one another, love for one another. Mm. You know? Um, wow. But if we're in, in liberation Oof. to give one another and love to give one Oof. another and life to give one another. Oof. But if we're if we're ignoring <laughs> a whole segment of the body, and then walking on, uh, and then just and walking away from Jesus? Come on now. Who is away in the way and the life? Yes. Woe well, to you. Yes, 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 oh my yes. Goodness.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And you know
3: what I mean? And look for the grace of God, there go us.
0: Right, yeah. You know what I
3: mean? So, so to good. me, it was important for me um, yeah, in that good. chapter to be really be able to help people like, ah, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. This the first one is Eastern religion. I'm not saying that that's like there's some sort of additional sanctification and, right. and, and perfection that's added to that, but it's an Eastern religion. Right. Like, yeah. It's a fact. It's not conceived in the mind of some Western person. Right. Like right. You know what I'm saying? And we have to return to the core and the social location. Yeah. We have to understand that we look a whole lot more like Jesus yeah. right. than the fake white Jesus, which is an idol. Yes, <laughs> oh, it is. No, It so is. It Around the whole world. Amen. So what? What? What's really happening? Right. Like, yeah. You know, we have to return back to I think to that to the to the core of the faith, which is something that actually our people have always been able to do. Yes. Which is why I talk about. That's right. why I go back to the transatlantic slave trade, and that's why I do bring in the narrative of colonialism and Christian imperialism yes. right. that mapped onto my own family history. Yeah. Right. Because that's important for us to understand. Like we've been doing this, y'all. Right. Right. Yes. Right. right, right. But, but we, recover cover it and there's power and reclamation. Yes. Right. You know, yeah, but you have to name it. Right. You, know, you have to name it first in order for, you can't decolonize any, anything unless you re- recognize the point of your colonization, yes. mm-hmm. which obviously I say in the book, um, I think what one of the, f- the unique features of the Truth Table book is the robust theology in the book.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Off absolutely. Bottom, yes.
3: And like I said, we are, we've all been colonized by sin. Oh, so it's, so it's, cool. not, it's not even like, oh, well, that was colonized. No, 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 no. We all been colonized. We, we all should be doing a work of
1: decolonizing. Right, 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 right. Amen. Right, okay? Amen.
3: Uh, 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 also known as sanctification, but there's a real practical you know, ways that this has to work out and shape out in these places. Cause particularly people have are really having a trauma response to racial trauma. Yeah. Hmm. You know, because because honestly, I think a lot of these people have unfortunately made idols yeah. out of their white male theologians, whoever their person is, oh, they made idols out of it. Yes. And so when that idol turned back and spewed some anti black rhetoric and some uh, white supremacist ideology at them, they're like, oh my goodness. You know, they had a trauma response. Right. This person inadvertently became their God and they didn't know it. Right. So that's why they can easily walk away from Jesus. Yeah. So, so yeah. Because they they may not, they may not, I don't want to say that, they may not have ever had. You know, that that true faith in
1: Jesus, right? Possibly. Right. That That
3: may not be the case for everybody, you know, and as long as they have breath in their body, my prayer is that they will return. God can still get a hold of them. They may just be on a little spiritual detour. God can do it. Amen. Yes. And I pray that God would. Amen. You know, but we don't want to recognize the faith. And yeah, we're not, ain't nobody, we ain't no better than them. They ain't no better than us. Right. Right. We are all a product of God's grace. That's it. it is only the grace of God that's upholding us and keeping us in God's hand. That's so Amen. good. You know
0: hey, that, that is, is so it? good. Amen. I, I just want to just testify real quick to what what you're sharing. I uh, one one of the, the one of Southside Rabbi's biggest supporters is my mom. Uh, she is, uh, and she's, she's hearing me right now as (laughs) I'm talking. Mama Burgess. Uh, Mama Burgess loves this. And I know she is smiling from ear to ear hearing you sisters talk. Um, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. She's Mm -hmm. my biggest fan, biggest supporter. One of my best friends. She lives with me. I love my mom. Oh, shout out. Shout out to moms. All the mamas everywhere.
3: We we believe in intergenerational homes. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. You know, as I was listening to
2: you, Kimmy, I was thinking about, um, where would Apollos be without Priscilla? <laughs> you know, we we just we have an isu- we just have a real issue with understanding the necessary interconnectedness yes. Yes. Of, of the covenant community. We can get through the minutiae, the dynamics of 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 family and systems and gender and, and honor and, and all the things, yeah. but at the end of the day, there's something really wrong and broken um when we we create a very short list. Yeah of who can correct us yes yes <laughs> and, and who and who can encourage us and yeah. and again apollos if you look at the text apollos is you know this powerful preacher mm-hmm. but he's all about a doctrinal issue yep mm. and we see that from the text that priscilla as well as aquila but her name is first first yeah. yep helps to assist him in refining his doctrine <laughs> so that he might be a better teacher better of the gospel Not how you say it, but what are you saying? Yes, and we need the whole body yes. to help us to know know how to say it, but what are we saying? Yes, so we need refinement from each other about actual doctrinal matters. You know, I, I just, I just think you know, repentance is just it is such a gift. It is a blood bought gift, and when we can all look at each other and say, because of my trauma, because of my hurt, because of who I decided to put on a pedestal, I have not listened to you the way that I should have listened mm. to you. God gift in, in you and i didn't do it and it was pride maybe it was trauma but i apologize and, and that is what i would love to see break forth Amen. Uh, particularly black men and black women black yes. men and black women who are christian i would love to see uh, repentance break forth um, a yeah. family reunion of i'm all about a good family reunion yeah, absolutely <laughs> love to see that happen, because I think there is so much that we each have for each other. Yes. Um. Again, if if we pursue, you know, through repentance and forgiveness yeah. and uh, mutuality, yeah. the relationship is is granted to us. Amen.
0: The-
3: repentance is always in order. Yes. It's always, always
0: in, order. in order. Always. It'll
3: never go out of style until we're in glory. And honestly,
0: right. I you know, what y'all, both of you just shared is commentary on the story that I was, my, my testimony. I was probably halfway through Bible college when it hit me, after my, my mom and I had, I went to school and I was learning. I was reading all these, these you know, Puritans, and I was reading you know the the reformers, and I was, uh, I I got into the, the the reform bro, you know, the theology bro uh, culture, oh, and me gosh. and my mom, who had a good relationship before, went into absolute just contention. It was just a very much uh, almost animus kind of relationship and it was me that was doing it. I was looking down on her, though I, my mom had been waking up at 5 a.m. Ooh. every morning my whole life <laughs> to seek the throne of God on my behalf. I never connected. Her cries for my repentance Uh, to why I was even in the faith in the first place. Mm -hmm. I was looking at her and our household through the failures that I saw. I did not see all of the grace. I didn't see all the spiritual. I didn't see all the depth. I didn't see all of the theology because it wasn't in the terminology or it wasn't coming from the sources that I was drinking down at school. And I weaponized that against my mom and all those from her camp, which is almost the entire black church. And I found myself very much prideful, egotistic, and I remember it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I had to go to my mom and I cried, saying, I'm sorry, Ma. I will never, I don't care. I don't care if there's a theological point that we differ on that is not my role here. My role is to learn from your wisdom and to honor you like God told me. And that radically radically shifted our relationship and it has been on the recovery since. Now I'm my mom's favorite preacher. <laughs> and my mom, and, and my, my mom comes to me and, and 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 the the things that I was trying to push through with Without honor, without receiving the mutual and not being able to be led by the ways in which God has shaped her for all of our good. Yeah. To ignore all of that. To say, God, keep that grace in her. She can have that grace. I got all the grace I need in John Piper. Now, I like John Piper. Don't throw nothing at me. But I like John <laughs> Piper. But I'm just saying that, there, that there, there was this thing that was erected in my faith that uh, made a barrier between me and appreciating the work of my mom or sisters in general. Mm-hmm. And if and, yeah, and, I, and we do need dudes to say that. Right. I mean, we can have the conversation about women pastors. We can have the conversation about sisters mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and leadership role, stuff like that. But I think there's something even bigger happening right now. We need yeah. to be reminded and repent of the ways in which we have ignored what God is doing in our sisters. Right. In addition to that, We need to take hold of what is there for us to grab. I'm so helped by all of this. I can't imagine somebody over my shoulder. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, she is a woman. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Right. God has so much for everyone. I know this is this book is written by black women for black women, uh, but I I think you all would agree that this is good for everybody because I, I I am not a black woman, but I have been greatly gifted by it, and I see that for all tongues, all ethnicities, and both genders. So I, I just wanna I just wanna testify for a moment. We need more men to say stuff like this, though, Meansy. Right. Uh, Because you you can try to wiggle around some of these things like they don't apply. But, yo, this is the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful that we are calling it out. And this book is on the front line of doing just that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just think that men,
1: particularly black men in general, especially within Christian spaces, we just we have to let go of this this kind of sexism and misogyny that that has been inculcated into us and which makes us believe that we cannot learn anything from our sisters mm. uh, it's
0: it's 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 a shame that we even but, need to say that bro
1: yeah i, I feel well, icky every time that
0: is said yeah <laughs> but it's true I, and, it's, it, and, it, and it, it's
1: true and it needs to be said and i think that folks don't even <laughs> some some don't even recognize the way that we have even taken this kind of image of what it means to be a woman which is really what it means to be a white woman <laughs> and then place that on our black sisters we place all of the 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 prejudices and white cultural norms on our black sisters and we try to live those things out right even when when, when we're dealing with just sexism misogyny misogynoir like we see it and it's across the board for everybody i think that as akima even said that's even exists in the black church you it's not just about leaving white evangelical spaces and then going to oh okay i'm gonna leave that and go to my my black church i'm gonna go home you're, you're gonna still find it there yeah, 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 it's i think that it's a need for us to be able to call those things out and then repent yeah and also do it publicly because we have really uh we have really oppressed publicly as well mm. and we have suppressed publicly as well sure, sure. i just wanted to call that no no out. that's good yeah. that's good hmm
0: the book is is broken up into three parts. There's life, there's love, there's liberation. We spend a lot of time on on, on life, and I wish we had more time with y'all. I'm not gonna lie, as a artist, uh, you know, and, and somewhat of a producer myself, I feel like I am in the studio right now with Celine Dion, and I got all these songs that I want her to sing <laughs> not that Celine I wrote. Dion. And I'm like, man, please, can you sing this mug? Can you try this? Can you speak to this? So we we need some more time for sure. But I was, I, I, I do want. To to have you all just hit two more things before we get off for our audience in the uh, love section, hidden in plain sight. Yes, a single black woman's manifesto. Could you just give us an appetizer of what we have <laughs> in in that? And uh, <laughs> our audience needs to
1: hear about this because we've we we've talked about this before. Yes. but we don't want to talk about this. We yes. I would love to to have a Kimani take the floor, please.
3: Yeah, hidden in plain sight—a single black woman's manifesto. It is true to its title. Yes, Mm. absolutely. The manifesto. Mm. It's the longest chapter in the book. Mm. Um, rightfully so, because it's a gargantuan um, civil rights issue in our community. That's um taken us unawares. It's taken the black church unawares, um, and it's taken us even outside of the church unawares. Um. And it's gargantuan because of the way that it was designed. Mm. Um, uh, these mechanisms of oppression have been in place mm. uh, before any of us came to be. Say that, say so that. you're talking about mass incarceration, the war on drugs, mm. lynching. Mm. Uh, all of those um, factors go into, oh, I could even add in police brutality. Mm. Mm-hmm. All of those factors go into uh, making the marriage, uh, the marriage pool what it is for Black women mm. in particular. Yeah. Um, we know that that pull is far and few between yeah there aren't is been fish in the sea wow mm-hmm. um for black women who want to marry black men <sighs> and i have a black woman who wants to marry a black man amen mm. um i see that not only as a uh, political choice mm-hmm. i see it as a gospel issue <laughs> mm, right right um and uh i see it as a fundamental right mm-hmm. right i got right. to decide who i want. Mm, Yeah, (sighs) just like everybody else, (laughs)
0: just like you did, (laughs) right? (laughs) Exactly. 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 Right. I get to choose, (laughs)
3: Um, and I know that there's great costs, you know, um, to that choice. But but the rub is that even if I chose not to marry a black man, the problem is that 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 option is not really available to black women, even even if they're open.
1: (laughs) Wow. Right. Wow.
3: Because we are we um because of the um the systems and the perceptions of black women and colorism and all of these things these layers that map on black women um we are um we are least desired mm. in the marriage in the marriage pool oh, man across the board yeah so um and so even if one is open to marrying and being in an interracial marriage mm-hmm. that is not necessarily available right always right to a black woman even that is open right I have plenty of Girlfriends that are open to that, mm. um, but they but they still find themselves single. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. um, and they're well into their thirties, knocking on forties door. Wow. Um, so what are we going to do? What's the church going to do? Wow. You know, um, to serve mm-hmm. these modern day widows. Mm-hmm. Wow. What is the church going wow. to do? to come alongside. Wow. Um, us, modern day women to support us, um, and to take care of us, um, as, as black women have been serving and taking care of the church, the Lord's house since time immemorial. Right. What is the church going to do Mm -hmm. to help to support us and to sustain us because we've lost a generation. So what are we going to do? Right. What are these women going to do that do not, um, have children? Some of these people will, um, Mm -hmm but not everybody will yeah, yeah. um and not everybody will get married some people will god can still do that and women black women do get married um at later stages but that, that the numbers are just simply not there yeah, yeah. just not there. Mm-hmm. um and i could weep over that and i have wept mm-hmm. you know over that yeah um for many many years um mm-hmm. and, and many many nights in my own prayer closet about this um um, because, you know, God can do it, right? Yeah. You know, God, that, the part of the tension and the, what makes heart, life so hard and why the intersections of life, love and liberation is because, you know, God can do these Amen. things.
1: Amen. Yeah, yeah.
3: And God has not yeah. mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Why? You don't know. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. You know that yeah. God can call a, a whole a whole a bevy of black men, you know, to come, sure. you know, to come and make up, you know, for those who have been um, uh, um, locked away in cages. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God hasn't. So what do we do, you know, with that? So so in that in that chapter, I I talk about all those things. I talk about my own experience as a lifelong single woman by circumstance and not by choice. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about um, the scam of desirability
2: Mm -hmm. um, and
3: beauty Uh, in that paradox. I talk about um, I also provide interventions, you know, and then I do a theological analysis on the the life of Hagar. Wow. And as an entry point important. for Black women. and, wow. and uh, Well, as an entry point for our people, but Black women in particular. Of yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What an important, important work. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the things that I love that, Dr. Edmison, yeah. you come in with is you say that you talk about how marriage is not necessarily needed to make one complete, but you also talk about how society, though, needs marriages. Message! Right? Um, and you talk about um of course as the scripture uses marriage as a metaphor for our relationship with christ and the church but you talk about love and even dress address some of the the ways in which you've we've learned to to relate to one another in marriage so can you speak also just a little because you're giving us a little appetizer about that as well (laughs) 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 Well,
2: you know i mean sometimes it can be like a partisan you know a, a partisan talking point to act like all the issues of injustice are related to um kind of this faux preference for fatherlessness as if there's not a, I mean, multi-generational yeah, come on. attack. Right. The, the black family. Absolutely. Um, and I, from the very shores of the, um the West coast of Africa, uh, Hagar black, Blackmore, Um, uh, a community talks about Hagar In scripture. I talk yeah. about a woman named Hagar, an African woman who uh, was snatched away as she was nursing her baby. And on the shores of Africa, left her baby and her husband <sighs> and how and obviously you just that's that's just gripping right right which is what so perverse when people play these games about black women not loving their families not embodying biblical womanhood as if we don't love our children as wow. if we don't love our husbands—it's uh, it's, it's such, it's such, it's such a, an affront and such a gross thing. But yeah. uh, in that chapter, you know, I wanted to spend some time talking about, you know, what it means to, um, as a black woman, to experience misogyny and to be married to a black man who experiences racism, mm-hmm. and the ways in which we may make demands of each other to, to heal wounds while we're being wounded. Wow! <laughs> so the level of grace that it takes to both love and to honor each other. Well, like to yeah. grow into that. And obviously this point about, you know, uh, there, there's so much, you know, and really the roots are capitalism. There's a lot of money in weddings, a lot of money in what we think marriage is going to be. And so there's this big push to say, like, you have to be married, married, marriage will complete you. You know, Did he go to Jared? Like, let me see your ring, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, so I don't, we, we are full and complete, right? And when we go to glory, there will not be marriage as we think of it. We we are the bride of Christ married to the bridegroom. Yes, so marriage yes. as we think of this side of glory is really a metaphor. Come on. Eschatologically, we have friendship. And, you know, on the truth table, we talk about that. That's a beautiful point that a often raises. But, but marriage as we know it will not be the same in glory. And so yeah. we know that we don't necessarily need it on this side. Yeah. With that being said, uh, godly... Uh, loving marriages are good for the culture. Come on. <laughs> They're good Amen. For the... Yeah, and and even as I think about just this pandemic, some of the things that my 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 friends who are married and have healthy loving marriages have been able to do and provide, they have been able to function, um, you know, as a safety net.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, with within our communities, within our churches, for our you know beloved. <laughs> um, currently single friends in a way that, um, singles may not have the same ability to. So I think it's a particular responsibility for, for black Christian couples.
3: Um,
2: and that's not because we, you know, we're not better than anybody else, but I do think that, that we, um, have a particular, um, calling within our own marriage to love each other, but to love others through our marriage.
0: Yes. The
2: marriage is To serve outwardly to other people in our community. And I I think I just think it's a must. And when we have so many who um, disproportionately may be growing up in homes where they're not seeing interaction, um, kind and gracious and mutually submissive interactions between husbands and wives. um, It is it is just it is critically important for. For you know, believers, uh, who have been blessed to be in such marriages to model that, to show that, um, and for all of the community in the same way that talked about how we must support, um, our, our, single sisters who are single by circumstance, not yeah. by choice, not people right. are single by choice. We right. honor that. Those who are single by circumstance, who would love to be in a healthy and godly marriage right now, we must support them, but we also must, additionally, we have to continue supporting, um, black marriages and, and helping to walk into that and to support them in that and to, and to, and to teach them how to love each other. We actually have to be taught how to love. <laughs> we have to be Taught how to love another human being. We got feelings, that's true, but we actually have to be taught how to love and honor another human being. And I think, and it's not the only place that that needs to happen in marriage, but that's but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to park up to that topic and 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 just reflect on it and muse on it um, a I bit. It. And I give a shout out to the marriages in my family who have you know in some ways paved the way for the marriage that I have today. My parents have been married for over fifty years. Wow, and and there's no doubt that the perseverance of their marriage, their their commitment to each other through thick and thin, um, and likewise with my my in-laws, uh, my 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 late father-in-law and my mother-in-law, um, their persistent commitment to each other and praying for each other, we are the fruits of those prayers. Um, and so, I just I just wanted to honor that in a chapter.
0: Amen. That is powerful. I truly am excited for, um, you know, everyone to really spend some time with this, man, and Amen. to be instructed by the ways in which this makes us better lovers uh, in our marriages Amen. and, and, and in, our, in God's world. Um, as we're kind of landing the plane here, we want to give you all the floor for a second to to maybe cover anything that you would want people to know Uh, about this book, about this important work that perhaps we didn't cover uh, that might be compelling to them to not only purchase this, uh, but to spend some time with and let, let let this be a tutor for us for the next three months yeah. as we kind of sit with it. Can you give us a, a kind of final appeal uh, about the book, this exciting moment in Christian history? This is an exciting moment. This is church history right now. If the Lord tarries for another couple hundred years, they are going to look at this like the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, huh? You <laughs> went to Nicaea. The, the Apostle oh, scream this is it. <laughs> so anyways oh, boy. Oh, boy. would you please yes, uh, would you please kind of uh, I, w- I would love to hear from both of you just kind of give us some kind of final uh, kind of final appeals.
3: Well, first of all, now now you're putting the two on the ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with that creed now. So, <laughs> but what I what I would say, I, I do want to say something just on what you all were talking about when you were mu- musing about love. Yeah. Um, and our musings about love, you know, love is a communicable attribute. You know, it is one of the ways that you know that we are in the image of God, Amen. and so. Uh, And that even though it is a communicable attribute, we still need to be taught how to love and learn how to love, which Mm. is why I love um, what Christina said. And we need to be perfected in love. And Mm. so I hope our book, Truth Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love and Liberation, I hope that your life is expanded. By this work,
0: oh, that's good. Um,
3: I hope that your love grows, and you have a more expansive understanding of love and oh. how to love those who have been harmed and hurt, um, and those uh, who are traversing through life under um, different. Uh, um, circumstances and challenges, um, but different uh, um, ways of of moving through the world, you know, um, in ways that are that are edifying and beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just hope that you it opens you up into a, a more liberative um, faith that it would unleash your, uh, if I can say this, eschatological imagination, Ooh, you know, to yes. so you can begin to dream and understand, ah, uh, you know, what what really is um, the liberation that we can lay hold of now, and the liberation that awaits us in the eschaton. eschaton. Um, and so I ho- I hope uh, that in this offering um, of our book, uh, that you have a, a, a guide, if you will, of of, of sorts, you know, that can kind of help to give you some frameworks that help to, to give you some understanding, some mm-hmm. language, as you all said, for some things that you've been experiencing, or maybe observing mm-hmm. that you couldn't quite Name. Oh, yes. <laughs> Or you just couldn't identify, Amen. right? You didn't have the resources. You didn't have the citation. You just didn't know who to turn to. Right, right. Know? So good. To make, sense of, to make sense of these things. And I, I do. My hope is that this book would, would draw people back to the Lord, those who have walked away. Mm-hmm. I pray that it will draw them back to the church, healthy churches. Amen. It's my yeah. hope. So yeah. I have a lot of different hopes for this book, but I, I do hope ultimately that you see Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, that you know yeah. that you are loved. And I hope... That the church is edified. And I really do hope that pastors, uh, male, female, mm-hmm. don't matter. Yep. I hope that they will be able to actually see this and be like, you know what? I need to get this for my congregation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So please. Like, I, mean, I, I actually, we need to actually work through these things. Because I, I do think that these are real practical, like, deci- the things we're talking about are like, Discipleship, yes, yes. Yeah. issues, topics. Is these are this is where the these are where people are living. Yes, yeah. this is where absolutely. People live. Yes, like you know, what I mean, love, divorce, marriage, singleness. Everybody's wrestling with that to some degree. Amen. You know what I mean? Um, like colorism, internalized white supremacy. How do we deal with these things? Forgiveness that has everybody's name on it, right? You know? So I encourage pastors to absolutely and and to your listeners to go ahead and pre-order. To absolutely, biggest to support. Our work, yeah. Um,
2: as a midwives of culture for grace and truth at we Truth's Table,
1: Amen. Amen, Amen.
2: Awesome. Yeah. I was into a, a point about like you know we're we're growing and expanding, and sometimes we grow and sometimes we take a step back and say like I went too far there, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or I went in a direction, and you know what? And let me let me make amends on that too, right? So that's you know that's a part of the sanctification journey. The yeah, the point that she raised about these are not answers; these are musings. And so what, what I hope people walk away with is that God is not intimidated by what you are intimidated by. Ooh, yes. Do not project your fears onto God. Right. right. <laughs> and which is very, very easy for us to do. To try to make a God in our own image, which means uh-huh. also a God's own sense of anxiety and issues and trauma and fears. And, and so that means that instead of turning away from the thrice holy God with our concerns and questions we turn to God with our mm-hmm. concerns and our musings. And when you get to the very end of the book, there's a, there's a section in there with blank pages for you to, to add your own musings. Wow, Again, I love that. We want it to be a communal experience. What is it that you want to talk about? What is it that, um, you know, just, just because your particular church or tradition has not raised the topic, doesn't that mean the topic is not important. And It right. doesn't mean that it's important to God and that God doesn't have something for you within it. So I really, really hope that people will, instead of kind of turning away from Mm -hmm. the Lord, that they turn to the Lord with their musings. There's a great deal of temptation and propaganda and all kinds of issues that would make people right now walk out the the literal and virtual door of the church. Um, but, But I think this invitation to say your traumas, your fears, your concerns, your legitimate concerns, Take those to the Lord. Muse about them. God is mm. not intimidated by them or you. You're not too much for God. Mm-hmm. Your questions are not in a, inappropriate or too much. Like if you would just hush up, God encourages encourages us, us to a relationship with prayer without ceasing. That's we can nag the Lord until we see the Lord's face, oh. and the world may not want to hear our voices. God mm. wants to Amen. hear our voices. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, so I, I, hope, I hope that that message is conveyed to people. Ultimately, we want people to see Jesus high and lifted up. We want them to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want yeah. repentance to take place. We want revival in the land. We want justice to rain down. We want the captive set free. <laughs> right. Um, we, want, we want Jesus to come down. back. Exactly. Come on, Lord. Right, right about now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, really. But in the meantime, we are going to muse and we're going to rejoice and we're going to love and we're going to forgive and we're going to do justice. And we're going going to live and we're going to live and we're going to walk humbly with our God. And that's an invitation to community for all of us. I think at the bottom, what what we've realized in the last couple of years because of COVID is that we have such a longing for community. We really, really need each other. Yes. And I hope that can be shared communally with people. In my mind, I envision people at COVID safe tables um, reflecting on this book and it causing them to, um, yeah, again, to muse more, to turn more to the Lord and to turn to the Lord together. Oh, yeah.
3: Good. And can I, can I say something? Um, of course. I, you know, KB, you mentioned something about you when you were talking about, before you talked about the Nicene Creed. <laughs> 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 you talked about a, a historical moment. I, I actually think, I know you were you know uh speaking in jest but i do actually think that there is something unique happening at least um within publishing among black writers Oh yes. but also black christian writers i do actually think that there is something happening mm. historically that i think whoever studies church history will i think will look at this blip in 2022 to be like oh there were a lot of black christian writers right yeah. from different you know, from different things, saying a whole lot of different things. Right, yeah. A whole lot of different things. <laughs> they <laughs> not true. saying the same things. And so I, I do think, um, th- I think there is something interesting happening, wow. at least in this time period in, in history. And I do, um, and, and among all of the books that have come out and are coming out, um, not only from our label mates, I say label mates, uh-huh. but also from the other publishers, I do think Truth Table is doing something um, different, yes. um, and I don't mean, and I say that um, with as much grace and humility as I possibly can. It's just that we are doing something different in yes. that we we are really trying to. Because I mean, we could just we could easily just talk about marriage and talk about colorism and talk about divorce and talk about Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and you know we could talk about all these things without talking about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. We could do that, right? We could do that without. You know, um in certain robust theological frameworks on there, we could do that, mm. you know, but it would it would be like every other op ed.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. it, would,
3: it would be like every other collection of essays. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? It just it wouldn't have the um power of the gospel, if you mm. will, mm. Mm. um mm. behind it, you know, in there. And I I do believe that people when you pick up this book, I think you will see that see Jesus is my hope is that you would see Jesus. But yeah. uh, but uh, that, that is our passion, that is our desire at truth's table. It's yeah. always been um, very evangelistic in those ways, which is why we also take on these topics, you know. Um, right. And I would even say for your audience, even though this is not the book, there's getting the word with Truth Table. Yeah, you can hear myself and Christina reading the word of God. Yes, yes, every day. Yes. And I just this morning, I read, I listened to, but I was like, I was really stumbling on them names.
0: <laughs> I, was like, oh, but yeah. I
3: was like, I should like, I should have really ran that one back. <laughs> Oops. Okay. So I was like, well, that's what it is. <laughs> Get in the word juice table. And so when you hear it, reading the word, you know what I mean? Reading, reading the word. Yeah. Where can you go to hear black women read the word? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Right. Come on now. <laughs> Come in on, some churches, you ain't going to hear that. Yeah, in yeah. some black churches, you won't hear that. Yeah, yeah. And so you'll be able to hear us read the word daily, no more than usually 20 minutes, uh-huh. reading the word and praying through the word every day, Come every on. day, the whole year. Come and on. so your day one starts when you start. So but I, yeah. I, we want to invite you all to get in the word with us as well. Yes. Too, and of course, to buy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's right now. Yes. yes. Make sure you we, do. we, we want you like your subscribe, but what we really want is your buy. We You're need not, you to not, make sure. <laughs> no, more. Order, support, yes. support, support,
1: support, like, support. Please make sure you subscribe to Truth Table Podcast. <laughs> subscribe yes, yes. to Getting in the Word, uh, get in the Word with Truth Table. And please, please, please pre-order the book, Truth Table Black Women's Musing on Life, Love, and Liberation. You can go on truth table.com. Is there anywhere else they can pre-order?
3: Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. They can go on trusetable slash book, or uh-huh. they, they can go to they can go to Amazon, Amazon. Boom. They can go to Walmart. They can go to Target, mm-hmm. uh, Barnes and Nobles. They uh, can go to Bookshop. You can pre order anywhere. I also drop the pre order link for you all in the chat. Yes. So, so you all. Can- yes, okay. we will have
1: yeah. the pre order link in the bottom of the description. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on yes, Southside indeed. Rabbi. I tell Michelle we missed her not being here. Um yeah. but uh but <laughs> thank you all for coming on. We are so honored to have you. The book comes out April 26th, right? That's right. I believe. Uh-huh. Yep, April 26th. So make sure you pre-order and get that
0: book. Yes, indeed. We are proudly sponsored by our good friends, CSB. Uh, if you don't know about CSB, it is a contemporary version of the scripture that is so incredibly readable. In fact, it is the version that we use at our church. Yes. now, kind of the official version that we recommend to mm-hmm. folks. Much love to the other versions as well. But we are very much grateful for our partnership with CSB. Check them out. God bless you. And we also want to give a shout out to Samaritan Ministries, a Christian. Christian approach to healthcare that has served a lot of people in our community and we want to recommend them to you as well. You can go to their website, SamaritanMinistries.org slash SouthsideRabbi for more information there. This has been Southside Rabbi with the incredible Sisters from Truth Table podcast. My name is KB. I mean the dream. We are out of here. Peace. Literally yesterday, my son came up to me um, and asked me, my son is seven. And he walked up to me and said, Daddy, am I too young to be in love? And I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I was like, Are you, do you think you're in love with somebody at, at school? <laughs> and uh, he was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, apparently, there's some kind of interest with this other sister uh, at the uh, at the school, and I, I begin to explain to him, "This is what it means for me to love your mom," and I just walked him yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah. And when I got to the end of it, I said, "Do you think that's what you feel for her?" And he's like, "Nah, I don't feel." <laughs> <laughs> you got feelings, Are you, you no, ain't no, got no, love, no, bro. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, that I'm 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 being silly. Thank you, sisters. Man, thank y'all so much. This thank thing y'all. was like diamonds raining, raining from the sky. Seriously, no, no diamonds. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, I, I was trying to keep it contained because we don't want to be because our mics are clear, so it's gonna have us talking over y'all. But that was hard, man. I I, I, I couldn't keep it in. I, I was trying. Uh, I really was. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean,
3: the book conjures up a lot of. Uh, it's heavy. Yeah. yeah, this is how we are. It's pretty. It's very true to the show. Right, really right, just right. It. Uh, it's heavy. These are heavy subjects. I mean, we start off with colorism. Yes, That yes. really does
0: let you know. Oh, that hit me right in me my heart. Me.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that you know, but so it does co- conjure up those emotions and it, it causes you to muse. You're going to have to like write down and like, ooh, mm-hmm. we've heard that from a lot. Quite of people that we've interviewed with, like, ooh, it's got me thinking about some of my own. Right. Absolutely my yep. own forgiveness and my own That yeah I mean yeah, so that, praise God for that that means Holy Ghost is on the
1: move but yeah, yeah amen. We feel- <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> get my hands on the physical copy. Um, of course, I've, I've read the manuscript, but I need this physical copy because of the work that it was doing in my heart. I need some. I need to put some marginalia in this book. Uh-huh. I need to be yeah. able to underline, circle. And they got the pages in the back. You can write in yeah. your own musing. That's yes, I need that. I need to be able to write my stuff in the margin. I need I, I need it. <laughs> um, and so I trust and believe that we will have these. Um, oh, question. Um, is there an audio? Will there be an audio version of the book?
3: Yes, oh, of course. Okay, of course. Okay. We're narrating our own book—it's all it's you. You, you will really, yeah, yep. So okay. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: okay. There's going to be an audio version of the book.